I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all of the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021, or at least the season that was. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Liam. Well, that's it. Season 2021 of Supercoach has come to a close. It was filled with highs, agonizing lows, and uh, plenty of carnage in between. Mm. Liam, yeah. we're at the end. Thank God it's over. <laughs> oh, do you have a tinge of sadness, though? Uh, yeah, no, I do, I do, definitely. Relief? More relief, so than that, or? relief. Oh, yeah, I think sweet relief. But it was a good season, I think. Mm. It was just ended ended poorly for myself. So uh, that's uh, that's just the, the, the feeling that's been left over, unfortunately. Yeah. Got to remember back to those, those amazing highs of uh, Parrish's 190, mm. Oliver's 200 at uh, Adelaide oh. Oval. Yes, those dizzying highs and me running the gauntlet <laughs> with uh putting the uh putting the the c on on Highmore even though he was named as the sub and like every player every. in St Kilda's lineup got injured <laughs> and they kept saying on the radio Highmore's warming up and I was cooling down because I was my heart rate was yeah. going through the roof and I thought I was about to die yeah Thankfully, that didn't happen. But anyway, we'll get into that and more in terms of reviewing our season that was. But um, before we do that, for old times' sake, just let the listeners know where they can find us on our social channels and uh, where they can continue hitting us up over the course of the off-season. Because uh, for me, anyway, Liam, Supercoach never stops. I'll be diving into BBL mm. Supercoach and I'll be taking you with me. I'll be dragging you along with me. Yeah, a whole new world. A whole new world. <laughs> so where can they hit us up on that if uh, they want to come along for the ride? Yeah, of course. On Twitter, you can reach us at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll reach Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, you can just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. 
Now, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to give a massive shout out to an avid listener, Frankie. Mm-hmm. Now, Frankie, who is just 12 years old, sent us a message on Insta the, uh, the other day last week, uh, thanking us for the potty and has uh, started his own YouTube channel about Supercoach. Mm-hmm. He's done some really, really good work um, on getting the channel running and has some really great content there. Uh, so make sure to check it out. It's Frankie's Supercoach. It's uh, yeah, filled with some great, great insight and some uh, some really good graphics as well. Yeah, he's he's an absolute little legend, isn't he? Just in terms of looking at his content, I was completely blown away with not only his on-screen presence, but also the way that he had away with words, really. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and showed his maturity way beyond his years. I can't believe he's only twelve years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he was he was saying to us that we apparently were his heroes, which is flattering for you to say, Frankie, but. I don't think I've been anyone's hero apart from my cat. Um, so, um, but I guess like even more impressive was not only was like, cause there's so many different podcasts and um, vodcasts and shows out there that just give their opinions. Mm. But he was like going into full on depth about like at one stage he was talking about Marshall, how, you know, how he had missed a game there because of COVID protocol. He like went into, <laughs> into detail about like what pub he went to, yeah. what, what time yeah. he was out. He actually went into background like solid facts and and did some really good research i guess so yeah. if you haven't come across him definitely check him out frankie's super coach on youtube and um like you mentioned as well liam his photoshop work yeah Amazing. i probably shades it shades my own compared <laughs> to uh, the episode posters that i mock up every week so i might have to get him on uh, as a bit of a freelancer yeah even, definitely um, or even a regular got a, guest throughout got a nice season. side gig there yeah absolutely um but yeah no you've got some awesome talent frankie so if you're tuning in definitely thanks again for all the love mate and um we'll be tracking your uh, your progress throughout uh next season and uh if you want to hit us up for any words of encouragement um come to us because we'll shower you in them so mm. <laughs> you are you're doing well mate great work but let's move on to the very last episode of Supercoach edge for the season and uh, we'll kick it off, Liam, with the usual treatment. And I'm, <laughs> am I happy with this, Liam? Because mm. it's the end. But <laughs> it's also... Is that the only reason you're happy with it? <laughs> uh, well, also, um, I've kind of ruined my segue here. I'm pro- yeah. probably stretching it out beyond what I need to. But also because um, I finished on a little bit of a high. Did you? Mm. Let's, let's, jump in. <laughs> let's jump right into it. With the usual treatment of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, uh, I'm going to assume that you've all heard this before uh, being the last episode of the season, but in this segment, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams performed and the players that stood out for both good and for bad reasons. Now, yet again, I say, I'm kicking off the segment, <laughs> and we all know what that means. I came up with another owl this week. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> so, on to my score. In the last round of Supercoach for Season 21, I had very little to play for, let's be honest. Uh only our head-to-head um and that came up you know not very well uh, my ranking had slid after a season high of 2171 in round 16 and since then it's never looked up i finished the round with a score of 2376 but fell down the rankings 391 spots that means overall for the season i finished 4459th overall uh not the best end to the season um, and a season, I think, that did promise so much at one stage. Uh, 
it does see me finish, I guess, in the top 3% of coaches and I need to, you know, hold on to the, the, the tiny little positives here. And it is above my average overall finish in the last three seasons of 6,414. So definitely um, not all doom and gloom, but nonetheless, uh, the, the, the competitor in me isn't happy with that. And I think, you know, that's, that's the way I want it to be. I don't want to be happy with just, you know, average performances i want i want good performances gotta be hungry demand the best from your from your team and individual players Liam. most certainly most like certainly. a true coach should yes exactly now onto my goods top score in this round was melbourne's dynamic duo gorn and clary with a score of 159 apiece uh, now do you reckon it just proves that they're avid listeners to the show because hmm. i gave them i'll say a pep talk bit of a pep yep. talk last week and boy oh boy did they respond and to top it off a nice after the siren goal by Gorn saw my one finish top of the table do you reckon he do you reckon he was thinking about what I said do you reckon he was like lining up and was like oh, I've got to do it for Liam I've got to make it up to him <laughs> I saw that that extra bead of sweat on his brow <laughs> and it had your your name like imprinted yeah, on it so uh, I think yeah he was definitely sweating bullets not so much because of the pressure and the fact that um, yeah, just, just... granted their top <laughs> Melbourne the top spot. It uh, was more so, yeah, the worry about you and what you'd he say. Wanted, he wanted the shout-out on the potty, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> can you blame him? Can you blame him? Come on, Gorni. <laughs> anyway, other notable scores for the round were Lloyd, Short, Daniel, McRae, Laird, Merritt, Lyons, Hall and Marshall. I'll even throw in the one, the only water boy in there with his 82. Yeah. A very nice inclusion for the injured Jay-Z. And it could have been a really big score if he didn't have a bloody brain fade and uh, gave away, away what, 250 metres in a row for doing <laughs> the exact same thing. But, That's like uh, Barry Hall-esque. Oh. Like, I think he gave away a 150 metre penalty Barry Hall when, when he was back playing, which was an absolute pisser. Bless but, his soul. He definitely made it up for the team. He kicked, I think, three goals. So Yeah, did That's well. All right. That's all right. Into the bag. Um, I've got Ridley, May, Walsh, Parrish, and Kennedy. Um, expected more from these guys, especially heading into a final. And now onto the ugly. Three uglies this week across three different lines. One, Lockie Whitfield, 68. Definitely wasn't good enough. Two, Dunkley started hot and then, you know, died off. I guess much like the doggies in that game. And number three, Grundy. He just didn't have an impact in the game at all in the end. And uh, his score really showed that not not enough uh, to end the season from Grundy, the big ruckman. Yes, yes, unfortunate. And I feel you uh, on a lot of those points, Liam, because... Um, mm. Yeah, I pretty much went through the same lowest of lows. But let's let's just recap uh, my score. <laughs> First off, you can really tell that I'm uh, I'm up and about for this episode. <laughs> but no, I, I finished the season uh, very much the same way I started it, Liam. Mm-hmm. Pretty shit. Um, if my super coach season was a car, it had most certainly have come to a sputtering halt, resulting in me resorting to pushing it to the finish line when it came to the three grand finals I was in. I ended up finishing with a score of 2,431 and slid down the rankings 83 spots, which left me with an overall ranking of 3,813. Mm. Um, so after reaching the heights of 3,797 in round 16, after weeks of consecutive climbing the summit, I was sliding back and forth to never really eclipse those heights or the aim to finish inside the top 150 as I did in 2019, unfortunately. So unfortunately. pretty audacious, pretty audacious of me. But um, would, have been a, would have been a massive climb from there, but... Yeah, got to strive, got to strive. Well, I think that sort of coincided with me getting rid of a lot of Deadwood like uh, Langford, which which I hey. thought might have might have helped me. But um, on the grand final front, and that's that's part of the reason why. Even though I, 
I have beaten you, Liam. Yeah. Let's let's just say that. Let me. I should have should have started with that really because that is something to hang my hat on. Yeah, it is. I'm going to make you a hat stand and hang my hat on you. That sounds very much um, like silence of the lambs. <laughs> it puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. But yeah, no, I'm happy with that. Happy to beat you. But in terms of the grand final front, so as you'd know, I mentioned that I'm in three grand finals and unfortunately I lost all three. But um, the upside is I cleaned up a, a cool amount of cash across most of those cash leagues and and more. So I think there's only one out of the eight or so cash leagues that I didn't make any money back. So I didn't make the yeah, finals. Okay. And I think that was actually <laughs> my $50 league, believe it or not, which I still, I don't know how I'm not actually going well in it. It annoys <laughs> me. But um, yeah, I, I can't be too unhappy in terms of the cash league front. Um, likewise, the main upside overall is I managed to finish inside the top 4K, which um, was much better than my overall career average to date, where I have an average finishing rank of 7,338 and above 5,439, which is the sum or the average I always use because I discount the putrid 2020 <laughs> um, as I do because it's just an asterisk. It, it goes against my, my normal form, but if I'm being um, more objective, the 7,338 is probably something I should hang my hat on more. But um, beat both of those figures, so that should bump up my overall average, which is good enough in itself. <laughs> but Liam, alas, those elusive KFC socks and voucher <laughs> went begging. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, wait, I should mention as well the um, the little crispy wicked wing or whatever it was, oh, yeah. the key ring. I didn't get that last year. Oh. They didn't do that. I just got the socks and the hat, which I love. I'm going to be honest. How many times have you worn them? Uh, not many times, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if I got them as well, like it's one of those things that you put on a pedestal and you're like, yeah, I really want that. I don't but then wanna... when you have it, you don't do anything. I also it. don't particularly want to wear them like i want to kind of keep them as like a no in like a good way like oh, i want to keep them as like a keepsake oh like it's going straight to the pool room yeah exactly that if i had a pool room that'd be where they were that's where yeah, they that's fair be. enough it's fair enough hmm. in like a um sort of an air vac sealed type container so they don't deteriorate oh, i was thinking yeah potentially that or just framed Oh, framed, yeah, um, yeah cool. framed. I got my, you know, Michael Hurley match-worn jumper, put that next to the, the socks. <laughs> Equal value, absolutely. <laughs> Makes sense. I, th- I think I remember um, uh, Hurley wearing some KFC um, drumstick socks. Yeah, I think so. I think so. One there. of the games, yeah. Yeah, maybe you could sell both down the track as a, as a match-worn jumper and match-worn socks. <laughs> by Liam. <laughs> yeah, by you. Match-worn in terms of if super coach finish, match-worn. If I ever finish, finish first... You know what's going to be on eBay the next day? <laughs> match one socks. <laughs> yes. Something to aim for. Maybe that's why I wanted them. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. But uh, <laughs> in terms of the breakdown of the good, bad and ugly. So in terms of the good, as you mentioned, Liam, Gorn and Oliver did respond to those collective rockets. Um, I say we gave them, but it was more so you, Liam. Like you absolutely tore them a new anus. I did. I was kind of nice. I just told them I wasn't happy with them. I reckon I was pretty positive. Okay. I reckon you've okay. given bigger rockets than I gave last week. Yeah, I have. I have. And um, speaking of which, that's a nice little segue, but I'm not ready for it yet because I have a couple <laughs> of rockets to give very, very shortly. Oh, and one yes. of which one of which we're very familiar with, and I didn't think he'd rear his head ever again for the season, but he has. But I'll keep that under our hats for now. Um, so, yes, both Gorn and Oliver responded to those rockets uh, with scores of 159. But just a pity that the big pink... Sweaty pig himself, Oliver. Because he, when he sweats it up, he looks like a big fat pig pig. 
couldn't do it last week when I bloody had him as my captain when he pumped out 93. And Steele, meanwhile, who was my vice captain the other week, returned with a decent score off a poor one with 129. So boys, you're a week late. Among the other decent scorers, we had Lloyd smashing out a 154, Laird 149, Hall 139, who were also joined by Daniel McRae, Merritt, Lyons, who also had great scores. In terms of the bad, um, my boy, Walshy, <laughs> fell to fire with just 87, just carrying Carlton on his back. Poor bloke. Grundy also did likewise to fire with an 83 alongside Ridley and May with 80 and 81, respectively. Now, Liam, in terms of the ugly, this is it. <laughs> this is my last rocket of the season. Love it. Whitfield and Dunkley scores of 68 and 66, eh, I'd probably classify them as putrid if it wasn't already reserved <laughs> for someone else, or should I say Who? people, oh. as a collective. Oh, I like this. And it's a double-edged sword to finish off the season. Mm, big one. And you can probably guess who they are, or at least who one of them is. So my El Capitano, Dangerfield. What the actual fuck? <laughs> like, but more so, I level the blame at... The none other than the coach who shall not be named. Yep, he's come back with a vengeance to horn us in the last round. Mm. We do not speak his name. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the coach's box in cinemas this summer, Chris got the revenge. <laughs> what an arsehole. So Danger was tracking for a decent score as my captain um, around about halftime thereabouts. Was tracking... Oh, for a score of about 110 thereabouts, projecting forward, extrapolating it out, but fell away late, largely thanks to that dumbass Scott marooning <laughs> Danger and Selwood on the bench for 10 minutes. 10 minutes! Just in terms of coaches leaving players on the bench, you remind me as well because we've both got Jared Lyons. Mm. And I don't know if you noticed, but he was actually marooned on the bench for the last mm. five minutes of the game, I think at least, and the reason was, it was him and there was someone else as well. And he was marooned on the, on the bench for five minutes. And I had a look on the AFL app. I was like, why is he still stuck on the bench? They ran out of interchange moves. Mm, they maxed out. And he was, he, he was left on the bench to finish the game. It's interesting. I'm going to say Strange. that the media hasn't made much of it. Um, mm. Because obviously that was like a pretty important game for the, for the makeup of the eight. Um, yeah. And for Brisbane's end up where they would position. I mean, Lions is, you know, pretty decent played. One in, one around the the stoppages at that stage of the game. So it's interesting that that hasn't really been, I guess, brought up too much. Oh, it's a wonder he hasn't broken the news. Tom Brown hasn't broken the news. Tom because... Brown would have said, "Jared, full stop, Lion, comma, <laughs> space, exclamation mark, on the bench. Why? End and then he. <laughs> Uh, no, but before, before he ends the tweet, he'd be saying, on the bench, sitting with his left leg crossed over his right. Who knows what that means? Is he signaling something to the opposition? He'd be just going off into tangents, you know, what Tom Brown's Definitely like. Definitely means he's being traded. <laughs> and maybe he's thinking about having a, a kebab. <laughs> anyway, Liam, we're getting, we're getting sidetracked here because, and I know you are deliberately, because yeah, it's time out. to crown the winner. Do we have to? Between us. Now, we all know who it is, Liam. Who is it? And I'm sorry, but I'm hanging, as I said before, I'm hanging my hat on this win, but I'm going to change that hat. I'm going to trade it in for a crown because, Liam, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I've done it. He's done it. Absolutely. Liam. Right in front of me. Right in front of me. Mm, I really did. I came, I came really back did. from a deficit of, yeah, I had, had to, to win, win three in a row. row. Quick recap. Had to win three in a row in order to get ahead of you. Mm. 
did that. Then you won last week, equal 11-11 wins each apiece. Went into this week and had to get it done. And I was I was totally expecting the way that my round went. Lost all my grand finals. And then I was so worried because I was like, oh, wait a second. Who's he put the captain on? And I was thinking, oh my God, maybe he's put it on Parrish. But no, you went for danger as well. So uh, <laughs> at least I guess that helped me out in a sense. Yeah, to be, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, I don't want to say I gave up halfway through the round, but <laughs> I think danger at the start of the round just kind of made sense to me um, as the captain. When McRae mm. didn't score above 125, I was like, cool. Yeah. Like danger is probably the best bet of the rest of the players that I had. Like the most, the one that I was felt most sure about, I figured playing at GMHBA um, had a reasonably good record against Melbourne, has a reasonably good record at GMHBA. Um, mm. Surely, surely he's in for at least, you know, 110. Um, at yeah. least matching, matching McRae, matching McRae. I think McRae scored 113. So I was like, all right, that that's just my logic. And then after, I think I just, yeah, I didn't really consider anyone else. So... Yeah, that's that's how the season finished. But uh, before we, uh, I guess, crown me as the winner, yeah, can I just request one thing? What? Let me just get my boombox. <laughs> it's that time, Liam. <laughs> Woo! There's my victory song. Yes, very nice, very nice. I mean, you did come home with a wet sail, so it isn't yeah. very much. A deserved win, considering how far... I don't want to say this, how far ahead I got. I mean, I don't yeah, think I... Were. I didn't... I, I, I also want to point out, I don't think I got ahead of myself. I mean, I'm going to delve into some reasons why I think um, what happened happened. Mm. Um, but overall, I do think it was probably the experienced head of the the godfather of Supercoach slash Fantasy that, uh, that that helped you win there. You know, your your own your own brain. The juices, <laughs> the juices that are... <laughs> Maybe I should stick a tap in the side of my head and yeah. just turn the Instead valve. The, and... Yeah, yeah, we can we can market that and the uh, the crystal ball. Yeah. But yes, well Jeez, done. Imagine that. Well done. Um, but I'll be back bigger and hopefully better next season. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And uh, this is just the start of our rivalry, Liam. Mm. This is just the start. No, I, I thought that you had me. I thought you had I had me. you at one stage. I yeah. thought I thought it would end up close. Like I didn't think. Like, I mean, it ended up close. Let's be honest. Mm. I thought I'd have the point differential to hang my hat on. Um, yep. in the end, I thought one of us would like, even if I lost, I thought I'd still have the point differential. Um, but obviously that, that didn't, didn't happen. Yep. And, um, just, just for, I guess, formality's sake. Um, so obviously wins and losses. Um, I ended up with 12 wins yep. yourself with 11 and the point differential was, I was plus 116. And that was obviously the deficit in the end, mm. uh, for overall points. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, well, I think it's time now, isn't it, to, to delve into the things that went right, the things that went wrong, those dizzying highs and those, I guess, gut-wrenching lows. Yeah. So let's do it now with the season in review. He's going the distance. It is time for those those good moves. Yeah. Were there any in my side? 
I'm sure you have a few, but we're going to start with the positives, and that is the best moves. I said good moves, but let's let's bump it up a scale to best moves because there were some positives to yeah. come out of the season. And for myself, it was uh, just looking right back uh, at the start of the season. It was starting Jay Z and Impy mm. as mid prices who uh, helped me amazingly in terms of having, uh, I guess, the excess cash to splash across the rest of my side and really helped me build uh, a nice balanced lineup, I thought, uh, at the time, which which was good. Um, in terms of, I guess, specifically what they offered, Impy was, was probably more viable and uh, valuable early days in terms of him being a surprisingly uh, enough a pod, which, um, mm. which didn't really make any sense. Um, we both said from the outset in, um, if you listen back uh, to our early shows, just to blow our own trumpet, then, <laughs> we were telling people to jump on Impy. We did. Even though he only played the one preseason game and it was limited, he had shown form in the season prior when he filled in for Sicily and played as that uh, distributor off halfback and, and showed the same form that he went into this season with uh, playing that role. So we jumped on the bandwagon and I hope those of you who tuned in early jumped on off the back of that advice as well. But uh, yeah, he was he was very, very good. Obviously, Jay-Z goes without saying. Um, yeah, he uh, he was just revelation. Um, I think everyone jumped on him as well, uh, but I think he's a cornerstone of everyone's super coach sides in, in 2021, really. Definitely. In terms of, um, I guess, best moves for trades in season, uh, it's probably topped uh, by trading in steel mm. at the expense of uh, Jayath when he bottomed out, this is steel, bottomed out to a juicy 5.63 in round 11. And um, I remember at the time, Len, he was one of the one of the people who he said early days, bargain of the year, bargain of the season. Actually, no, sorry. I think Oliver was. Oliver, bargain of the season. Then we had Steele. Bottomed out at 563. He'd come off a score of 99 in round 10. Uh, obviously traded him in round 11. And at round 10, he had an average of 112 up until that point. And then, would you believe, went on to finish with an average of 126 from then on. Yes. Featuring scores such as 154, 140, 126, 132, 154, 149, 145, 158, 155, and 129 in 10 of his last 12 games. Yeah, massive. And as we'd been parading every single episode when we spoke about him in um, I'm the Captain Now, just the fact that he was able to build that solid floor and had that ceiling, which is what I just spoke of. Um, and he, for me, is someone that I'm really looking at. I'm already looking ahead to season 2022, mm. which I believe I need help, Liam. You I do. Need, I need therapy. Um, Got so many <laughs> other forms of fantasy to go before then. <laughs> oh, we, we do, we do, we do. But it's always good to just cast your mind forward or at least have a look into the crystal ball Ooh. and see what uh, presents on the horizon. But yeah, that was absolutely insane. And then I guess the next best trade that I had in season was cashing in Powell. Remember Powell? North Melbourne. Ooh. For Hall at 454K. Absolutely insane value. And um, as you'd know as well, was very hesitant at the time initially due to his injury history. But amazingly, he didn't miss a game and only dropped below 100 once. And um, just super consistency, as we all saw throughout the year. And it just came down to whether or not you jumped on him at that stage when he was so cheap. And I think it was even cheaper than 454, um, if memory serves correct. But I was still kind of holding off for as long as I could. But he was one that I was super happy with. And then the last trade, uh, which was Martin, of course, traded to Dagoe. Um, nice 
sort of way to, to finish my season um, on reflection. But um, one I probably could have made a little bit earlier, mm. um, a week earlier, in fact, to save me 30K. But again, wanted to see some more exposed form given that uh, I guess his scores had rapidly changed over the course of the season due to that that change in role. And just on that, he's one example of jumping on someone whose output and ceiling has benefited from a change in role. So um, going into next year, that is definitely going to be something that I, I have more of an emphasis on, I think, because I've mm-hmm. kind of one thing that I've ticked off and, and learned from this season. But what about yourself, Wayne? Yeah, uh, not, not a heap. Uh, there's been a few, but I think back on it actually though. Um, probably more so starting the season, but there were, you know, there was a few other um, good decisions, surprisingly. Um, but from my starting lineup, the choice of Laird, uh, Jay-Z and Impy, I think, were strong options that carried through the whole year. Obviously not Impy mm. um, with that injury. Uh, but Laird um, has just basically been ever-reliable. He actually ended up averaging less than four points per game less than Bond. Wow. Didn't know that. It was, I think, 3.5 off memory. 3.6, something like that. It was, yeah, it was um, very surprising. I wouldn't have thought that. I think Bont's sort of lower form towards the end of the, the, the year where he was scoring in those 80s and, and you know, lower scores probably really affected his average. But, yeah, uh, across the whole season, Laird was ever-reliable. Um, Jay-Z, obviously the mid-pricer, turned into a genuine primo by season's end. Nimpy seemed to be on that route um, if he didn't suffer that injury uh, mid-season. Also, my starting lineup, uh, choosing to get Flynn in over the cheaper options like Hunter, Tracy, or Meek. Um, that paid absolute dividends. Even when he missed those couple of weeks, um, I think I was kicking myself when he kept getting, you know, coming in and out of the side for bloody Mumford. And I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but yeah. definitely made up the cash and was a handy option when he, when required, um, if Grunt, when Grundy was injured. Um, and I also think starting players like Walsh and Merritt uh, were also solid options early. Um, they had a relatively solid scoring abilities um, week to week. Um, they did, I don't think they finished in the top eight uh eight to ten mids but uh they um they were solid week to week which was which was something that mm. i really you know could hang my hat on i guess i didn't have to worry too much about them uh since then best moves have probably been aaron hall who was a risk that genuinely paid off uh his scoring friendly role in north's backline meant after bringing him in for round 10 he only dropped below 100 once as you mentioned damon and yeah. didn't miss any games due to injury which you know just shows the crazy times that were <laughs> 2021 uh my other favorite move and I'm guessing it's no surprise, was the inclusion of Parrish. Uh, he definitely slowed down in the second half of the year and copped more tags, um, but I did get some great scores out of him and some great captaincy options as well, which included those scores of 166 and 190. In the end, it probably, I won't say it didn't work out, but it probably didn't work out as well as it could have. Um, and looking back on the season and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I could have potentially shorted him when he hit his peak, um, for someone who was probably a bit more of a, a solid option who who had the uh, the runs on the board from seasons gone by as well. Uh, but I do think other factors probably affected my finish to the season just as much and we'll go through them in due course. Yes, and um, well, let's let's jump into those now, just in terms of the, uh, the biggest regrets, Liam. Mm. And yes, regrets. We have had a few. <laughs> yeah, indeed, we did have a few, and uh, probably more than a few. <laughs> and uh, topping my list is uh, 
it, it hurts me to say because it goes against all my philosophies and all my learnings in Supercoach. And you know how you say, you know, follow your gut. And it usually leads you to, to good things. Mm-hmm. But on this occasion, it was maybe a combination of that and being blinded by someone being a pod status or a bit of a, a bit of a juicy pod. And that was jumping on Dunkley straight off the bat after he returned from a long-term injury. It just, yeah, as I said, went against one of my strategies of, of really never trading in a player without seeing exposed form upon returning from a long-term injury because... You know, it goes without saying he was going to be on reduced minutes. He's going to be eased into the game. There's question marks over him actually going straight back into the engine room for the dogs, mm. especially given the fact that they're so loaded in the midfield. There was just so many things which were red flags that I should have seen. And as I said, I was just blinded by his juicy pod status and the thought that adopting this, I guess, contrarian strategy would lead to spoils if he came back and returned to pumping out scores of 120 plus as he was early in the season so what hurts <laughs> even more the wait it gets it gets worse and you alerted me to this yeah, must 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 mention i thought it was the fact that i started with him traded him out traded him back in no i traded him in then traded him out and then traded him back in so he was literally on like a a turnstile. He was just going in and out, in and out, in and out. Just a, just a, a pass out virtually. Yeah, go, go, go away, mate. Come back in, go away. Now come back in. Oh, so I just wasted three trades on him alone. But then what hurts even more than that is I had the chance of nabbing Zorko instead mm. that same week that I got Dunkley back in, who likely would have helped me win a grand final or, or, you know, or two yes. um, here or there. So much. Silly me idiotic me learn from your mistakes that's what super coach is all about and that's what i'll be doing so um yeah i mean as as i always say it's a learning experience put in your pocket write it down in your notebook take it into the next season Mm. speaking of being blinded though lamb despite (laughs) knowing full well the poor early season form of dusty of years gone by before he ramps up of course towards the back end of the season when he sniffs a bit of finals action, I again went against my gut and researched by trading him in in round two. I got tricked into the you know crowd mentality, I guess, of thinking if I didn't get him, I would fall behind the pack early on if his form continued. Well, fair to say it didn't. In the end, it resulted in having to waste yet another trade <laughs> on him when he got injured, which like you mentioned earlier, it was a season that was kind of out of the box. Uh, Dusty, I think it was said during the season, mm-hmm. he had only missed one or two games if that over the past few years yeah of course injured himself with a pretty major injury so hopefully he's recovering well from that but just like that two trades down the drain and then that on top of the three trades with dunkley it's five trades five trades right there on two guys does it get better or does it get worse well I traded out Highmore at a price point of just 186900 across the buy rounds. And I held him for longer than most people. Mm, I traded him out before you. Yeah, so that gives me a little bit of solace. But I, th- I don't know what he ended up finishing on in terms of his, his price tag. But I'm going to guess that he's he was in the 400k or thereabouts. So I lost a fair bit of coin, potential coin, that could have helped me build really a, a solid team and not have to settle for someone like a Bolton. Not quite. 237.3k is what he went up. So yeah, you missed out on the yeah, cash. <laughs> uh, 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 Sorry. Uh, just opening up old wounds here. Just have to repatch myself. But granted, I must say in terms of when I did trade him out, it did allow me to afford Whitfield. 
but gee whiz, it just it hurts going back on these. Number four, we're getting there. Don't <laughs> worry, folks. There's only one more after this. Now we're on a roll here. I haven't forgotten that absolute dweeb Langford. Hey, hey. Here I was. I was upgrading, and I use that term loosely, Jordan to him. You remember Jordan? Yeah. Really reliable rookie. Wish I kept him. Because I only had Langford for four weeks. Now, granted, I know, like, I take the piss a lot out of this. Langford actually wasn't that bad. Uh, he scored a couple of tons for me. Um, then he had a downer. And then, obviously, got injured. Um, so, you know, if it wasn't so depressing to look back on, I'd probably laugh at my own expense. Dude, you really wanted to hold Jordan, though? He dropped from 405 in round 17 uh, to about 266 in round 22. What, what about his scoring, Liam? What about his scoring? Uh, uh, his scoring was... He has scored a 9 in round 20, uh, a 41 in round 19, a 54, yeah, on par with, with Langford, yeah? So that's oh, fine. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I do <laughs> kick myself because there, are, there were other options. Yeah. And that... The, the reason I went for Langford was, again, the crowd mentality yeah. because he was at a cheap price point or cheap enough to really get... And he obviously didn't have that form behind him. To his credit, as I said, he pumped out a couple of um, tons, but went against one of my notions where if someone doesn't have that history behind them, uh, you could probably say again on the other side of the coin that he was going into a new role in the midfield for Essendon. Um, yeah, it was just something that I think it was kind of like a 50-50 call and I tried to follow the crowd. Um, and I was worried that I was going to be left behind because he was about to skyrocket in price if I didn't jump on. So yeah, definitely. again, something for me to note. And the last point, the last regret. Uh, and the fourth, I guess it's probably not as bad given a heap of super coaches out there did the exact same thing, but it would have been starting down. He didn't quite live up to preseason form and hype. And I'll admit, I was probably a big driver of that. Um, but, you know, it resulted in his cutting in mm. round four in my team. So... Unfortunately, it didn't pay off, um, but I think it was a risk worth taking given that uh, he was showing a little bit of form in the preseason. And who knows? He showed a bit of form in the latter part of the season, so maybe he's one to jump no. on for next year. Hey, hey, Liam? No. Hey? <laughs> no, I mean, consider him. Consider him, but yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, you should, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> I too have a few regrets. I don't know if it's my biggest regret, but it's the most recent. And I think it's just, you know, recency bias that's uh, yeah. affected me here, but it was the double header trade. Brought in ah. both Dunkley and Bolton in the same week. Oh, and God. neither trade is covered in glory. Uh, oh, God. Between rounds 18 and round 23, they made me a combined, so what's that? Uh, five to five rounds. Across five rounds, two players made me a combined 786 <laughs> points. Admittedly, admittedly, Dunks did miss a game due to quarantine, uh, yes, but true. still not nearly good enough from these two guys. Uh, the trade also had carryover effects. Um, because Dunks and Bolton, like Dunks was so expensive and Bolton was at a relatively cheap price at that stage. Uh, it would get cheaper. Uh, but, um, I, in the week after Dusty gets injured and then I have practically no cash and I had to bring in, uh, Maddie Kennedy from Carlton. Um, probably I think, yeah, a week or two after Dunkley misses. Uh, so look, it, it was... It could have been a masterstroke. He could have been a masterstroke and it wasn't. Um, at that stage of the season, I probably was also just not filling out my forward line because I was like, oh, who am I going to put in? And then, yeah. you know, I had to eventually make a decision. If this makes you feel better, I've just crunched some quick numbers, some quick maths. Mm -hmm. So 786 points across five rounds, was it? Mm -hmm. So they're averaging collectively 
per round, 157.2, which meant individually they were averaging 78.6 per round. That doesn't make me feel better. For the price point, yeah, not good enough. Yeah. I think it also had a couple of like scores, like Bolton had one or two good weeks in there, I think, off memory, if that. But yeah, I probably... I'd be Bolton. Bolton annoys me most because I went against my gut. The mm. whole time it was, I think I spoke multiple times on the podcast about him and how he seemed to not play well if he was in a losing side against, uh, in a losing side for Richmond, which suggests that if they're, they're not in form, he's not playing well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to say that, but I mean, it's sort of the way it looks. And I, I think I had that in my mind and I was like, no, nah, he's had one good week, bloody hell. He had one good, another one, one good week after that, and that was it. Mm. <sighs> anyway, now, as I said, traded out Dusty. But uh, speaking about him, uh, jumping on him after his round one score was probably another big regret. Um, mm. Obviously, I did have some injuries there. I think I had Danger and Rao uh, mm. that I had to trade out. So got seduced by his big score. Figured that even if he had his, you know, high variance scores, big games, low games, you know, he'd be less affected due to his high ownership uh but that obviously didn't work out he only scored 100 or over four times across the weeks that i owned him so that wasn't particularly nice uh the third one for me is it's more about me i guess i played a bit Mm. tentatively in the second half of the year yeah Uh, i didn't back my gut as i said with uh with bolton last year i think a lot of my success was built on as i said backing my gut and taking options early to an extent, which helped me mm. ride the wave of, of strong scoring. Um, so for instance, last year I jumped on steel uh, when he was still almost a pot. I think he might've been slightly higher ownership part than, than, than a traditional pod, but he, I jumped on the uh, the wave before most had. Um, yeah, you did. I started the season in a similar way. Parish, I thought uh, would, would be pretty similar, uh, but obviously towards the season uh, I got sucked into being a bit too, I don't want to say less risky, but I just became very risk averse almost. Mm. Um, so trading in players like, you know, Marshall, um, who was good. Um, but I think I just played a bit too risk averse. Uh, so next season it's going to be going a bit harder. And I think, as I said, I just, in the end, I was trying to minimize my losses. Um, as opposed to really maximizing the potential for wins. I need to probably go a bit more high risk, high reward to a, to an extent in the end. Um, and I I did that with certain players, but I probably really shut down almost and tried not to do it too much. Mm. I suppose it makes sense as well. Like in terms of the way that I pegged you back and won those three games in a row, mm. I thought that was a, an impossibility for me because the way that you were you I guess trading in plays up until that point and stuff and, and knowing what you'd done last year especially with Steel like you were almost like the trendsetter mm. uh, in that sense um, because I remember you traded him in at the time I was thinking eh, he might go alright but he might be a boom or a bust and he was an absolute boom mm. that's for sure and I thought if you were going to adopt that same mentality and style of, of playing super coach that you were going to absolutely smash me and run away with the win so maybe that was the case as you said like in terms of just being risk averse and trying to just consolidate your position and yeah i guess following the field maybe yeah um, which as i said i did a couple of times i was guilty of doing as well um and it's probably one of those things it just reminded of people that in some situations it's good to follow the crowd if it is a good thing and it's a it's mm-hmm. a must-have type situation say with an impy for example but 
you know, if your gut's telling you to do something else, um, opposing what other people are doing, just back your gut because chances are you're going to benefit from it more. Um, obviously, you'll be in a, a pod type position by going against the grain. And like I said, it's a contrarian um, move to do that. Um, so think about it and yeah, maybe take that strategy forward into next year because I'll be looking to do very much the same thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, backing your guts a big thing often in Supercoach. Sometimes your head's telling you, you know, like May's probably a good example, probably one that I wouldn't have mm. taken. Um, but his value was so good. So I'm sitting there like, oh yeah, definitely got to bring him in. But yeah, in the end, uh, my gut probably was going, nah, probably not. But the value was, was too good at the time. But mm. Damon, what's next? It is time for what's behind sliding door number one. <laughs> It's regrets yeah. uh, and sadness and everything else. Yes, it is the sliding doors moments. And um, I guess my biggest one, and I'm just going to say it's it's just one because there are a few, but this one is multi-layered and it started from the very get-go. And uh, I say it's a, lot, it's a sliding door moment, but it's probably more of a butterfly effect because my choice caused a domino effect that would see mm. me waste two trades and miss out on a combined 714 extra points over six rounds. What is all that? You may ask. Well, let me fill you in. So this is one that haunted me throughout the early part of the year and, and probably haunts me uh, for, for the entirety of the year because of the impact that it had. Um, and it does involve my boy, Walshy, <laughs> yeah, who, as I've mentioned in the past, he was in my team in the preseason. I was a, you can probably back this up, Liam. I was a massive advocate yeah. of Walshy. Um, it may be because I'm blindsided with the fact I'm in love with Walshie. Uh, I support Carlton, but I just saw him as someone who was ready to take the next step. He had a bit of a bit of a downish year. Um, he had the likes of Kane Corns on his back. Oh Jesus! Um, but for me, he was one of my first picks during the preseason, and I removed him at the desperate need to find coin in order to upgrade the imitation cash cow as it was in Hunter at uh, R3 to the more expensive Flynn. So that was a good move in retrospect, and I think it needed to be done, but not with Walshy because I guess the final decision, I remember it clearly, it was narrowed down to chopping either one of my boys, Walshy or Raoul, and I opted to go with the former in Walsh because it allowed me also to afford a little bit more extra coin to use to splash on Caldwell, who I was eyeing off in my team in the forward line. And yes, I ended up getting him at the expense of Walshy. Well, we all know what happened to both Rail and Caldwell in rounds two and three, don't we? Yeah. And men, I wasted two trades on them due to the, their injuries. But worst of all, I wasn't able to afford Walsh until round seven when he had already scored 122, 105, 124, 89, 144, and 130 across the first six games. Now that gives an insight into what difference one player can make to your team. And yeah, it was it's the one big regret because... All those scores collectively, um, I missed out on because of that. And I'm not too sure. I have to think back as to who I had in Caldwell's place. Um, it may have been a Danaher or someone, potentially, um, who I found was a bit more risky. Mm. Um, and that would have worked out as well. Um, so, yeah, what can you do? But what about yourself, Liam? Yeah, um, I, I'm going to go through two, two sliding doors moments. Uh, both of them during the season, I'm not going to look too far back. Um, there's probably 
you know, a multitude of others that I could have looked at. But I think these two, these two are the key ones. Um, first one was deciding to trade in Jared Lyons over Jack Steele mm. uh, in round 14, 15. So I think Jack Steele had his buy in round 14. So I wouldn't have brought him in then, obviously. Uh, in all honesty, I think the buyers did actually play a big factor there as well. Um, so I decided to trade in Jared Lyons at a, at a price of 611.5K over Steele, who was priced at 625.2. So there was a, you know, a little bit of a price difference there, but not nothing nothing too major uh, in round uh, 14. I think I've traded in Jared Lyons. Uh, so from round 14 to the end of the season, Lyons scored 1,152 points. Steele, on the other hand, scored 1,231, but played one less game. It may only be a differential of 79 points, uh, obviously with one less game played, uh, but it's the lost captaincy options across those weeks that also hurt without having Steele. In those weeks, Lyons scored two scores over the magical 125. Steele, on the other hand, did it seven times. So it actually compounds across those weeks as well. So it's not just, I guess, the actual 79 points that I'm missing out on. I don't think I ever captained or took Jared Lyons as a captain score. Um, Whereas there were multiple times where I could have VC'd um, Steele or I could have seed seed Steele and I would have got that bump up on scores where I might not have had. Um, I'd have to go, like, you know, really really analyze it and look back at who I did captain in those in those games all those rounds but uh there would have been multiple times where I would have probably put the C on steel mm. yeah it hurts that one that one hurts because my gut again had Jack Steele um yeah and it was kind of a case of Jared Lyons was someone that I thought about for a while um but I think Jack Steele was the one that I probably would have would have wanted to take and even back then I was was really hot on probably bringing him in the other key sliding doors moment happened recently when I decided to trade out Timmy Taranto for Rowan Marshall. In the rounds after I traded out Taranto, he scored 341 points compared to Marshall's 316. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Uh, there are a number of reasons that I, and look, I kind of, to an extent, I stand by my Taranto trade. It made yep. sense at the time um, for multiple reasons. One, it helped me, uh, it was in finals. Uh, it was in a must-win final in a, uh, a semi-final. I needed to win. Neither opponent had Taranto, which meant that there was the risk if he had continued on his form. I hadn't laid a tackle in two weeks. All of a sudden comes out, lays nine tackles, and then the week after decides to kick four goals. Yeah, career best as well, might I right? like, Career best. So, you know. So just one out of the box. Exactly. So it hurt me in the end. That one, I'm probably, it's more a sliding doors moment, something just to consider. Um, just how mm. luck to an extent does play its part in, uh, in Supercoach. Uh, but it's probably not one that I wouldn't have considered. But I think maybe potentially the trade-in of Rowan Marshall was one where I was trying to play it safe to an extent. I said to you as well, if I had a trade up my sleeve, mm-hmm. at that point, Taranto was the most expendable, I think, just in terms of what he was outputting compared to his price and average Um and other players around him, like he just wasn't good enough. He was he was someone that needed to be upgraded. So I think I would have been in your exact same shoes as well had I had an extra trade up my sleeve because Marshall at that stage was seen as someone that not only was uh, was insurance for the ruck mm-hmm. um, because you had that DPP ruck swing as well, but also everyone was jumping on him and he was uh, it was a calculated move in terms of that that if he did fail, yeah, maybe it's not going to hurt you as much and probably feeds into that point that you were making about following the crowd and, and, and doing that. do it at the right times, yeah. Yeah, but um, it was just pure luck, I think. Like, Taranto, 
as we said, career best game, four goals out of the box, and then for him to carry it forth as well, even in games when he was playing a lot of the time up forward mm. as well, um, which was really surprising. So again, just comes down to a real, real spate of bad luck. So I think that's pretty, pretty unfortunate. It is. Yeah, it is what it is. It's probably more just something I wanted to highlight it more as like how luck can play its part in a, in Supercoach. Yeah. If you said to most people who's going to score more, Tim Taranto or Rowan Marshall in the last three games of the year, I'd say... 99% of people would have uh, said Rob Marshall, but them's the breaks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, with that, let's move on mm-hmm. for that special part of the podcast because we are announcing and crowning <gasps> the king of the Supercoach Edge group. And it was a close one. It was indeed. It was so, so close, Lamb. First of all, though, before we get into that, let's just tick off the boxes yes. as we normally yes, do. Yes. Round 23, high scorer. Who was it? It was Ben with his ki- team, the King's Men. I wonder if that's a reference to Ben King. Ah, very yes, good. Um, I wonder if it actually is. Yeah, I wonder. Imagine that. Whoa. Has he got himself on his team? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check. We'll have to check. Uh, he scored a uh, round 23 score of 2,665. Very nice. Ranked 217th for the round. And he had a quite a high overall ranking. I think it was in the 300s as well. So nice work there, Benny. And now mm. for the big one, Damon. <gasps> the big one. Has he done it? After 16 rounds, is he still well, there? After 16 rounds, I thought... It's beyond a formality. And I know you were trying to, I guess, pull me back a bit. I didn't want to jinx say, it. Just, just calm it down. Don't, don't jinx him. And thankfully we did mm. because it was a super close <laughs> one. So yes, after 16 rounds, we can finally crown officially Arthur with his team, Black on White, the king of the Supercoach Edge group. So congratulations, Arthur. Yes, very nice, Arthur. But let's delve into how it was done. His total score for the year was 53,574, and he finished overall with a ranking of just four. He's come out on top in this league. Uh, Mm. But it wasn't as sore a thing as we thought, was it, David? It wasn't, because Thomas, with his team Dyslexia Untied, (laughs) always gets me. My favourite. I go to say United. So that's, uh, I don't know if that makes me dyslexic by reading it properly. I don't know, but you, you, you throw on me, Tom, you throw on me, mate. But he finished ranked seventh overall. So congratulations to yourself, Tom, and finished just 26 points shy of Arthur, making up over 170 points in the final round. Mm. How insane is that? That sounds familiar, Liam. <laughs> does but he also did it in multiple rounds in actual fact like i think last week he he also made up about 120 points so it was it was a big big chase down but uh yeah unfortunately didn't Mm. didn't make it It was close but uh unfortunately no cigar uh but a a very admirable effort and a great overall finish i think he finished in seventh spot so we'll get the tracksuit we'll we'll get to get the tracksuit yeah i think he gets a, a one uh, K in yeah, cold hard so. cash as well. I think so, off memory. So, so very spend nice. that wisely, mate. Enjoy that. And uh, can, can you hear that, Liam? There's there's trumpets in the distance. <gasps> oh my god! I can see Arthur on the hill <laughs> with his merry men. Here he comes. <laughs> Let's usher him into the throne. And here he is. Without further ado, we've got the great man himself, Arthur. We can officially call him Liam, King Arthur. <laughs> here to chat with us. How are you, Arthur? Thanks for joining us, mate. Oh, my pleasure. It's uh, been a, quite a ride listening to your podcast every week and getting them a bit of a call out. So I feel kind of, you know, <laughs> look forward to it every week. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. I've actually got your podcast every week and I just zoomed to the last five minutes, has it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, yeah, yeah, that yeah. did cross my mind. I was, because we, we'd mention your name virtually every episode because you were mm. in top spot for, for 16, 16 weeks, which weeks, we'll yeah. get into. Um, but yeah, I was thinking like, I wonder if you're going to kick out of hearing your name every episode. And if you just skip... <laughs> Skip back towards the uh, to the end to, to hear that. So Yeah, <laughs> and you keep me waiting until sometimes it was Thursday or Friday. So Oh, just mix it up for yeah. you. Yeah, it was exactly. a long week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many times you can refresh uh, iTunes, you know, podcasts. So uh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, absolutely. We'll um we'll we'll jump into the uh, little QA that we have um, lined up for you. First of all, congratulations on obviously taking out the Supercoach Edge uh, group. Uh, first of its kind. So, um, I mean, you're always going to be there. Top of the yeah. list, Arthur. <laughs> yeah, wow. And I know blew it too. I was just, <laughs> that Darcy Parrish captaincy at the end there, I was just choking. Oh, oh Parrish. Yeah. yeah. Liam, Liam knows a lot about Parrish. As you know, he's uh, he's a, a staunch fan of uh, I am, his I am. boy. <laughs> my boy, my boy Parrish. Uh, didn't have the greatest end to the season, but uh, yeah. was, no, was solid, was solid. But I think you were you were leading you were saying that he was getting tagged all the time, and I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. You know, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got on the phone to um, Nixie. Yeah, Nixie. Yeah, yeah. Nixie, because he's a, yeah. he's an avid listener. We uh, just got in his ear, and he heard about the strategy and thought, well, maybe there's something to it. So, apart from taking out the Supercoach Edge group, you also finished fourth overall, which is mm. absolutely amazing. So, Incredible. that's uh, you know an effort in itself, which is quite uh, quite unique. So. Just in terms of that, was that your best finish in Supercoach overall? Oh, well, there's no doubt by about two and a half <laughs> spots probably. And then that would be another six <laughs> spots above the last effort. So, yeah, no, look, it was a bit unbelievable, really. Um, uh, number one in WA, by the way, just want to point that out there. For oh, wow. Very nice. WA. I just got told that today. So I was pretty stoked with that, even though I don't live there anymore. But uh, <laughs> oh, it still, still counts. It still counts. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. Any state in Australia, you know. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, look, yeah, highest ever. It was just, um, I think I checked my ranking round six and I was like, got to 29th. And I thought, oh, this changes everything. You know, I have to. I have to start getting serious. So. <laughs> have to stop listening to that, yeah. that country, uh Super Coach Edge uh, podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you got me hooked. You got me hooked, so I couldn't turn it off. That was a wise, yeah, wise move there. But um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts every week, so you know, it was. I mean, like, grew up on Jock Reynolds, I guess. Oh uh, yes, 40, 47, But uh, you know, Jock Reynolds was the master and uh, father of fantasy football with his um, trousers. True you know vernacular and uh so that kind of got me hooked but um yeah always just floated around you know ten thousand. so yeah getting getting to the top 100 was something a bit um a bit exciting for a change you know rather than just league matchups and trying to beat the boys in my league it was like oh well now i'm chasing the big prize so um, yeah. yeah very nice very nice so how did you how'd you get into super coach and i guess how long how long have you been playing for well, I think I might, I have this vague recollection in the early noughties that uh, they used to do in the newspaper. Uh, yep. Stats, yeah, like I can't remember there was the internet back then because I only had dial-up, so might might not. But uh, I remember, yeah, having a team back in the back in just for a couple of years back then, using the Herald Sun newspaper on a Monday to check my my score and things like that. Um, and then just kind of dropped off playing it until about. 2013 when 
uh, kind of moved to Perth and just hooked up with some guys I used to work with. We used to work uh, offshore on an oil barge, um, pipeline vessels, and they were all kind of got me into playing Supercatch again and um, introduced the Cash League. And yeah, I guess we played it pretty straight now for about eight years, nine years. So. Very nice. In terms of uh, the season that now was, I guess, um, how did you uh, how did you end up starting the season? Was it more a slow burn, or you know, was it something like a hot start that 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 really got you going? Um, and how was your lineup um, structured? Was it something that you were quite happy with, or something that you perfected over the over the course of the season? Um, I think like starting side was the key. Um, like I always kind of you know waiting for everything to happen, so you change your side a hundred times you know <laughs> before and uh but i do you know i did the research listened to the podcasts and like just bulk podcasts i guess and uh you looked at i guess a couple of things was um i just felt that there wasn't a lot of good rookies to start the year um so i got a few mid prices and also just felt that the midfield was just a bit overpriced based on the shortened quarters last year yeah so I just went for for maximum value in the midfield. Only had really a few guns there, and um, and loaded up in the defence because I just thought it was a sure thing. Um, and those those kind of three factors I think just played out. So my starting side, yeah, just end up saving trades, end up missing all the injuries, and it was just you know like just got lucky I guess in some ways. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't all luck there though. Uh, so what was what, what would you say were your best your best moves uh, your biggest regrets across the season? So were there were any players I guess that you started or, or decided to trade in that you really think uh, set up your season or or was it anyone yeah, that kind of a- I think like everyone had the Zeeble you know yeah uh, the Zeeble move um, like you know a lot of risk involved but um, Zeeble mm. the MP and then a few I had Hind all year started him ah oh, nice yep that was good so he he turned out all right. Um, and Atkins actually was pretty good for half the year. I uh, had a good mm-hmm. back line, so he had a roll change, so did Hine. And I think the, um, the other one was Jeff. Um, yeah, so there, there are some good moves, I think, start the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then maybe mid-year, I, I started to bring in all the guns when, as they dropped. So I kind of picked them off around the 600 mark, like the, um, I guess, uh, took Millers and the Steel and the Lions and those kind of guys just presented around mid-season, Oliver and, and Bond, all around decent prices. Yeah. And just, yeah, just got lucky, got a bit arsy with a few capital choices and uh, got Oliver's 200 and Parrish's 190. And those things just kind of, yeah, they, they just kept me up there. And I just, yeah, I guess I, and I, I, I listen to, I don't normally do this. I'm normally a bit of a risk taker, but I listened to a lot of um, Geordie on super, on uh, YouTube. Oh, yes, yep. So he didn't follow his own advice, unfortunately, for him, but I listened to him in the preseason and he was about avoiding players with injuries and um, mm. injury concerns over the preseason. He was really anal about it, basically. And so I kind of took it on board because it's not something I normally do. And, uh, and that kind of paid off. So I avoided the danger field and the Neil and the Doherty and those kind of players that all all got injured, you know. So yeah, I think getting those trades saved and um and starting with a good starting side was was the things I'd like to be able to do every year. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely key, isn't it? When you when you start with like in the course of this episode, we've gone through and we've spoken about you know, I guess key learnings and stuff, um, which helped us um, yeah. from previous seasons. But 
looking back and reflecting on the season and like Impy was one that we both said from the outset that we jumped on and was, he was surprisingly very much a pod um, in that sense, because I think a lot of people were worried about his injury history and rightly so coming off, a, I think it was a knee injury he did um, a season or two ago, but showed so much good form in the preseason. And he was one of those guys, he had good backing with solid scoring, but then also, you know, being a pod as well, definitely helped, I think, elevate, you know, us in terms of yeah. that ahead of the rest of the competition. Yeah, if you missed him by a week, you're 50 grand out of pocket. Yeah. Uh, like, I think the other thing too was only one preseason game. Yep. So you really had to collect it, you know, a bit of outside info. Yep, definitely. Because yeah, I, I watched him play in the preseason game and he was pretty average. I think he didn't even play the full game. So, yeah. If you had gone on that, it would have been a big turn off. And um, we had a look at the, his time on ground stats and stuff and the way that he was being used. And the one thing I, I loved, and we, we we should actually have a look, listen back to that to see yeah. if we missed anything or if we were on, on the mark with anything. But I remember what, when we were speaking about Impey was the fact that he was being managed deliberately by Hawthorne, obviously, you know, in the one preseason game. Yeah. Um, but I think he, he kind of showed enough in the previous year where he played, because he didn't play exclusively as a defender in that rebounding defender role because um, Sisley was there. But then when Sisley... Uh, got suspended or injured, I think it was in that season. He took over that role and yeah. showed a fair bit of spark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is one thing I, I sort of took note of and was crossing my fingers that uh, it carried forth, and luckily it did. But yeah, so those little things as well, isn't it? That uh, you know you try and look for and get an edge um, that try and help you out. But just in terms of, I guess your season, um, and it came right down to the wire. Like as you would have heard. Week after week, we were, we were blowing your trumpet and saying that uh, <laughs> you had it in the bag virtually and had to sort of, yeah, Liam yeah. had to rein me back in at one stage and say, <laughs> that, uh, don't get, don't try and put the moz on him. Um, yeah. But uh, in no, the. I appreciate in- it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, uh, I was getting nervous. <laughs> I was like, I was, <laughs> I've never seen someone, I've never heard someone flip flop so much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> win it, but the other bloke deserves it too. But I really wanted yeah. to win, but the other guy was great. And I was like, Oh shit! You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I that's, that's the, I didn't want to seem too biased, and I know that <laughs> you had a bit of you had a bit of banter with uh with the uh, yeah. eventual runner up in Tom, uh, yeah. with his team. Is dyslexia untied? Yeah, what a name! Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the best. Oh, it's, it's one of the best yeah. I've seen. <laughs> yeah. But, uh you had a fair bit of a lead uh, on him uh, up until I think it was two weeks to go, and then he mm. picked back about a hundred odd points leading into the grand final, and then. As it turned out, it was only a 26-point margin in the end. Were you yeah. keeping watch on uh, on that? And so obviously, overall, oh. because you're in, uh, going for fourth spot. But was yeah. that in the back of your mind going into the... Uh, oh, well, look, I mean, I had 15 weeks to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> mind, you know, like uh, it was a bit of a hard decision to make at the day on the parish decision. And I kind of thought, well, how I, I knew I was a fair way in front. So I thought I could afford to maybe blow parish up a little bit and maybe still survive. but because I actually really was thinking, well, if I want to finish number one, it's pretty, it was a bit of a long shot, you know, who could pull that off, you know, and it was obviously the wrong choice, but I just kind of hedged my bets and thought, well, I've got a safe buffer in fourth. I'll probably to lose it um, and lose the group ranking. But at the same time, I just wanted to have a shot at number one, you know? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> Like, I think I turned the TV off uh, about half time in the SNN. <laughs> so I was starting to lose my mind. And yeah. Yeah, I, I was feeling pretty good. And then I just, when I saw Jay Rantel running around with uh, 
with uh, Parish, I just thought, oh my God, why didn't I captain Hall or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, we, we thought the exact same thing as well. Like in yeah. one of my grand finals, I was, I think I had to make up like 80 points. Um, and at one stage it looked as though Hall was going to like score 200 points. And I was thinking, yeah. maybe I'm in with a shot, but yeah, yeah it's, it's hard, isn't it? Like, even though we, we get two shots at nailing either the vice captain or the captaincy, it's, yeah, it's always those sliding door moments looking back and you think, oh, I should have gone for that play, but it's always easy in retrospect, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was was my most unfavourite uh, moment of the whole season, I think. And I wonder how, um, number one, uh, you know, Supercoach Mama would have been feeling, uh, mm. just been to it. Yeah, it's, it was such a stressful day, actually. I didn't really think it would be. It's only a game. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, kill once. Me, yeah. yeah, once you're at that pointy end, I reckon it all changes. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, like, even though there's not much necessarily on the line, there, there probably feels like there's a, there's a, you know, a big chunk. Um, yeah, I think you like you know because you make probably ten thousand decisions. Through the whole yeah, thing. I mean that might be exaggerating, but it comes down to one bad call at the end, and uh, you kind of undo all your good work. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, across yeah. across the years you've been playing Supercoach, uh, have you got any I guess key learnings that you'd like to share? with the audience any any super coach rules that you uh, follow every year oh you have to just be adaptive i guess to what happens you know in the rule changes mm-hmm. um and don't ignore pre-season form you know there's been so many players that have just broken out in a pre-season game and carried it on i think petrarca did that last year or something like that so um yeah so i think pay attention in the pre-season actually um it's a bit hard this year but uh, like there's always the guns and rookies approach. So I guess, you know, you always need to have the cash cows, pick the best cash cows as possible to start your team. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, everyone runs out of money, don't they? So yeah. <laughs> I think this year there was a crisis, you know, everyone was running out of money. And uh, having that cash just enables you to pick off the best premiums as they come along, you know, so you don't get stuck with the brayshaws and... Mm. Yeah. Premiums, you know, yeah. maybe pump out a good score one week every three, you know, or something. So, Timmy Taranto, looking at you, Timmy Taranto, <laughs> yes. Well, I did start with Timmy Taranto. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, he kind of classifies as more of a stain in my underpants to quote, <laughs> uh, rather than a you know, trouser arousing, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. just a, yeah, great, was... a great man. Yeah, it wasn't, um, wasn't, wasn't much of that, that's for sure. Um, no, Jock, no, Jock but, would have been all over that, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, about. no, well, I'll try to, try to bring it back. But uh, yeah. uh, Sam Walsh was my other option. So let's, let's just say that that's a missed opportunity. But uh, I think you've got to take a few risks, you know, across each line, but just not too many. Um, mm. I mean, I avoided, I try to avoid the injury players, like I was saying before. And like, I think Rao was one of those, you know, mm. ones that I worried about. So, because, you know, limited trade format, you know, we always blow a few trades. I blew, I blew a trade on Tex Walker, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Look how that's turned out. So, you know. <laughs> but uh, Dom Tyson, you know. Yep. Big stay in there. And, um, yeah, so there's a few like that. But I think mostly just avoiding injury-prone injury, injury prone players. And, um, not, yeah, it's a hard one. Um, so that, I guess that's another learning. And uh, just in terms of, just off, I suppose, off the back of that, uh, in your years playing are you are you one who subscribes to the notion of like the never again list so like over the seasons there's been like a you know rockliffe has been put into that that, mm. that list uh heath shaw is another one that's been spoken about widely um mm. i I'm, I'm i'm sort of 
trying to get out of that mold, but I'm, I'm one that sort of subscribes to it. If I've been mm. burnt, uh, as we say, like, you know, the, the George Bush quote we always use, you know, like, uh, you know, full man doesn't get fooled again. Um, but uh, it's, you, te- you tend to get fooled. Um, you know, if someone has a massive score out of the box, yeah. um, as, as we saw with, with Dusty, um, he, mm. he lured both Liam and myself in after yeah. his round one score. Despite me knowing the fact that he always starts the season slow and only comes good when he sniffs finals, yeah. um, but was there, are there any any players uh, that are on your never again list? And do you sort of subscribe to it? Gee, probably probably not. But there are players I don't really like. You know, like you just like I don't know. Dane Zorko's never been a player of yep. big fan, of, so I find it hard to see him in my side. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> you know, so I kind of and that hurt me this year because I probably should have picked him up. Um, <laughs> I've got too many friends that are Hawk supporters, so like it's like I can't do Titchell, you know. So oh, yep. yeah, on the same that, that hurt, as well. That hurt me. Yep. So yeah. So um, yeah, probably just players that you know, just you know, you just don't like. I mean, uh, Dugawi, I wasn't going to really go there, I guess. But so um, yeah, not so much like they burned me before, but. I don't know, maybe the, you just don't like the look of the, you know, the cut of their jib, you know. So, uh, like, take, I think the perfect example would be um, would be uh, Green, uh, GWS. So he's got a lot of other baggage, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I kind of just get attracted to the players I like watching, you know. Um, they just can turn a game and you just admire their work rate or their efforts. Like, Took Miller this year was, you know, was a bit of, had a bit of a uh, crush on him, I guess. He just like the way... Mm and just yeah. ran around and got to every every contest and tackled his heart out you, go, yeah. you know you couldn't like you have him in your side you just you know just like you kind of almost like he's uh part of your team you know so uh, yeah you sit back and good. marvel don't you he's one of those guys that you just know he's going to pump out a score of 100 plus or in his case probably 120 plus most weeks mm-hmm. so he's, yeah. he's easy to sit back and and marvel at and and watch and not just be worried if he's going to have a bit of a downer well, this is the thing. He's not really the bond, you know, that runs around <laughs> and kicks the goals and takes the marks and does, in, you know, and but he just works really hard. You know? Yeah, he's a gut runner. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. really good. So, yeah, so I guess that's, I just get it. You just get, I just like pick players I like watching and don't pick the ones that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, just want one more thing. Uh, does anyone else you'd want to sh- give a shout out to? Yeah, look, I've been playing um, with the Hus Hus League back in Perth. <laughs> like, I used to live there. So we've got a few people there that I like to shout out to. So we've got a guy who runs the league, Anouk, um, and he organises it. He makes up a trophy every year, gets it engraved and sends it across the country to me when I win. So (laughs) so I'm back to back to back. And um, there's another fellow there that uh, is, it's like the Scrooge of trading, you know, like. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's just there for the league, right? So don't worry about the overall. He's got a Radio Fantasia in his side for like 12 weeks. Oh, wow. Because he just doesn't want to burn a trade. <laughs> he's just he's just waiting for everybody to fall over. So he does a Stephen Bradbury and just, you know, skates through and, and wins it. He knows who he is, but I'll just say he's a Hawthorne supporter. And uh, and he's losing badly this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, he's, he's losing uh, on on the Super Coach field and off it as well in terms of um, losing yeah. his uh, his big coach in Clark. I'm sure. Yeah. He'd be well, he, so he went back to back in 1819, and because um, I came through one last year, it's apparently it's a it's like a, it's got an asterisk. You see, because COVID, 
you know, we had all the trades. So he's actually pretty upset with Tim Mitchell and the boys at Supercoach, Harold Sutton. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he's ever going to forgive them, but, um, but you know, because it, it just didn't suit his, his style, you know. Yeah. He was the one. He was the only one that could haunt the trades. Yeah. Yeah, he was sitting there with ten trades at the end. You know, with with uh, you know Dom Tyson or something sitting there. Yeah. So, yeah. Bad luck. Bad luck, Timmy. It's it's all over. So, yeah. That's uh, great. At least you've got some, of course, uh, courtesy of our Super Coach uh, Championship rings. You've also uh, won the Super Coach ring, which we'll uh, we'll send it out your way. Um, it comes in awesome. a, a nice. I don't know what it is, like a sort of a redwood type uh, box. So wow, got yeah, a lacquer. Got a lacquer, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, there it is. That's the, uh, oh, the Supercoach nice. Super Coach Champion 2021, it says on the side. So even though you were, you were fourth Jeez. overall, which, of course, is an awesome uh, achievement Definitely. in itself, you are yeah. our yeah. Supercoach 2021 Champion. So um, congratulations, Arthur. And, um, wow. Michael Jordan will be jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be after like Tom Brady. If you go uh, back to back to back to back yeah. to back, you can have yeah. uh, one on each each uh, yeah. finger. Hey, look, I'm just in it for the podcast call-outs every week. <laughs> I That's incentive enough. Yeah. I know, right? Like I listen some of the podcasts I'll, I actually listen late at night. So, you know, if I need to get to sleep, I'll just put them on. And I'll... <laughs> But, you know, your got, yours gets saved for, you know, in the morning when I want to get up and about and uh, mention <laughs> Feel feel good. That's when your podcast comes on. So, so thanks, fellas. I really got a lot out of it, and I just want to say that that concept of calling out the community on podcasts gets people involved. Not many others do it, so I think it's a good point of difference for your pod, and um, definitely gets people engaged. You know, so all thumbs up for you guys for that. That's great. Yeah, thanks Thank so you. much, mate, and, and thanks for your support as well. Yeah, um, in terms massive. of tuning in and. Um, being active on on Twitter as well and um, getting around us, so you know we uh, much appreciate that. And uh, we've said as well um, during the podcast, or we will be saying anyway. We've probably ruined it now, but in the, ne- the next <laughs> bit, we'll be talking about uh, Liam. The uh, he's the the Excel guru thereabouts. Yeah. Now. Even if he's not, I'm going to call him the guru. But he's uh, he's done up a bit of a template in terms of a bit of a bit of feed- a feedback form uh, Q and A. So um, yeah. feel free to jump on that as well if you uh, if you find a chance. And we're always looking to improve and um, obviously appeal to as many people as we can and help out as many uh, super coaches out there as we can. So um, yeah. any feedback you have, good, bad, or ugly, to uh, yep. to borrow a turn from our <laughs> from our early segment, it's it's more than welcome. When I fade into obscurity next year, <laughs> that call out that there was 16 times in a row, right? Because that's, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's footy folklore now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, right up, it's right up there with, you know, yeah. the, the three peats and the like. Yeah. So uh, you're definitely in the uh, the Supercoach folklore and, you know, obviously uh, Supercoach Edge folklore for, for many years to come, I think, because I don't think anyone's going to be rivaling. No. Uh, I, won't, I won't even say matching. They won't even be rivaling it in any uh, any sense. So. Now you've uh, you've well and truly oh. got that mantle for a few years to come, I think. I'll just record it back. So if we ever do have any moments, I can just play that back. And... <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, Nobody thanks would... so much for joining us, mate. No worries. It's a pleasure. And again, yeah, just thanks thanks for your first first year out of the can and um, doing this podcast was, was awesome. So one of my favourite podcasts. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, mate. Good night. Yes, very nice. And thank you again for joining us, Arthur, and uh, giving us yes. your time. Um, 
very, very nice bloke and um, pleasure to meet you. You've taken all comers really in terms of the Supercoach Edge group. So hope to see you there next year. And as you said, you're going to be holding that mantle, I think, of, of 16 weeks on the trot for a fair while, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, even when we're gone, I think, Liam. Our grandkids, our grandkids as grandkids, we'll be talking about this moment. Not just talking about it, but they'll join the podcast because that's how our contracts work. <laughs> yeah, they'll be passing down the baton. <laughs> Every generation, they'll be taking over. But again, thank you so much, King Arthur. Yes. We should also mention, give a massive, massive shout out to M at mm. M Chalice, who has been officially crowned it's just crown the king, but also the queen of supercoach as the best supercoacher in the land. Definitely. Congratulations, M. Much deserved effort by taking out the number one ranking overall. Yes, very good there. Uh, it was great having a chat to you and we were definitely uh, cheering you on for the last few weeks, hoping you'd get across the line and very, very happy that you did. Absolutely. And uh, we might hopefully catch up with her in the um, mm. on the, the cusp of the new season, potentially, and check in with her and, and try and tap into uh, mm. her creative supercoach juices, as you called it earlier, Liam. See if we can sell her brain juices. <laughs> yeah, brain juices. That's weird to say. <laughs> uh, I think we'll just stick to selling our crystal balls, maybe, yeah, and hopefully. see if we can get any traction on them first. Um, but <laughs> Tell one thing, one thing we haven't mentioned... We've ushered in the king and the queen. Yeah. We've got the prince, but in in local circles, he's known as the as the jester. <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about, Liam? Uh, I think I do. Is it, uh, is it a Mr. Mr. Frank Ogotso? <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> grand style, grand style, grand style. Megalo, megalo, megalo. Se polibas no Frank Ogotso. Megalo, megalo is a grand style. Franco Cozzo is in Brentford, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry. Bye for Franco Cozzo in Brentford, he can foot to scry. I'm, I'm glad. I was actually going to bring him up because. I just wanted to remind you about the uh, the massive shipment of crystal balls that he's. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> he's got God. I almost fell off my chair when I, t- I thought you were going <laughs> to you're going to stop at crystal, a whole shipment of crystal. Jeez, that would have been. We gotta uh, fix up, fix it up for that. We might not have seen. <laughs> In fact, oh, he's running off. <laughs> see you, Franco. Oh shit, can he silence in the <laughs> distance? Oh god. Hopefully, we will see him again next year. But thank you, Franco, for all your work that you've been doing across the season. Yeah, uh, our all, all very good. Supercoach Edge mascot there. But, but. <laughs> Damon, let's let the listeners know where, where can they find us if they want to follow us, I don't know, across the off season. If you want to follow us in terms of our exploits on social media, um, sport related, AFL related, um, we're always big on, on, on Twitter, um, probably more so than, than Facebook and, mm. and Instagram. So uh, check us out on Twitter, either at supercoach underscore edge or individually at Liam Evans underscore 95 or at DamoJ88 on Facebook, Supercoach Edge, Insta, likewise, Supercoach Edge, or you can email us if you want to. Send us some random spam, sign us up to some porn websites and all the like, all those classic gags. You can email us at aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com. Yes, but before we sign off, uh, we've got a couple of things uh, that we'd like to chat about. First off, uh, Mm. something that we'd, I guess, like to ask you. 
We've loved every minute of creating the Supercoach Edge podcast this year. I know I have, and I'm sure I speak for Damon as well, and have loved hearing from the community and getting to work with you guys. It's been really fun interacting and, and creating that bit of community vibe as well. Uh, but we know it's also very, very important to always improve um, as we hopefully will see with my Supercoach team next year. <laughs> but also we don't want to uh, suffer from the second year blues. So we want to yep. hear from you about what you liked, what you didn't, uh, if you didn't like something um, and what you want, what you want to see in 2022 from Supercoach Edge. So make sure to check out our socials. We'll have a survey up there that you can fill out to help us uh, make Supercoach Edge bigger and better next season. After all, we did start this with you, the listener in mind. If you've got any ideas in terms of segment ideas, um, guests that you'd like us to chat to. Um, we've also, we're going to be starting next year as well, just a bit of a quick insight. Where we're going to be starting up a, our very own Patreon. And we started up this year a, a Discord as well, mm-hmm. as you would have seen, um, and gave away a few free spots to people out there to get a taste of uh, the community that we're trying to grow through Discord. So that'll be on offer through Patreon and um, a few other little tidbits as well. We're looking to start up maybe a league or two, and they'll be cash leagues with obviously cash prizes at the helm for the uh, for the people who finish top um, or thereabouts. So as you'll see in this survey, all multitude of questions there. Give us any feedback that, uh, that you'd like, um, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, mm. to borrow a term, Liam, Ding. to help give us the edge. Ding. Um, so check that out if you can. If you can spare a quick, what, five minutes, if that, you reckon? Uh, probably not even. Yeah, so uh, if you can, check it out and um, fill it out and send it back our way. We would be very much appreciative. We know you've got plenty of time now that, you know, you're not listening to the podcast and, ah, you know, there's no super coach to worry about. So you've got plenty of time to fill it in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> please, please fill it out. Please fill it out. We don't want to be going in blind. And, you know, who knows? If you don't fill it out, we might just come in with these really wacky segments. Yeah. Um, we might even actually have Franco Cozzo oh. uh, hosting. <gasps> yeah. Imagine that. If you That'd don't awesome. want that to happen, make sure you fill out the survey. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That could happen. I mean, if you want it to happen, and also fill out the survey. Let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, do what we can. That's true. That's true. If he's not in prison. <laughs> um, just on that note as well, I just, uh, like you mentioned, Liam, want to give a massive thank you to everyone that's tuned in throughout the season, whether it's one episode, two episodes, or the full 23 mm-hmm. rounds, uh, including the, the preseason podcast episodes as well. We've really enjoyed making this uh, from week to week. Yeah. And uh, even though... You know, work and life does get in the way from time to time. And especially given the situation that we find ourselves in with COVID, we hope that uh, we've given you something to look forward to every week and um, I mm. guess escape the realities of, uh, of life from from time to time. So thank you again for tuning in. And uh, like you said, we, we started this, you know, with you and, and for you. Um, so yeah, we'd love for, to have you on board again next season and, and help grow this into a, a bigger and better beast. Um, because as you you'd probably back me up here, Liam, but in terms of when we started it and started up our social channels and stuff mm-hmm. with the help of yourself, cause you've got some experience in this and combining with my experience in terms of the production podcasting side of things yeah. came together, great amalgamation. But in terms of our own targets of, of building our social channels, I think now we've got about 1,082 followers on Twitter, yeah. which you'd be able to speak to this as well. Just the growth has been, has been amazing, yeah, hasn't it? has been crazy. Absolutely crazy. So really, really do appreciate all of you guys getting behind us and embracing us in the, uh, the Supercoach community. So uh, thank you so, so much. Yes, want to thank you all for a massive season of Supercoach. Absolutely. But uh, Liam. Yes. We ain't done yet. <laughs> We're not fucking leaving. We're not fucking leaving! <laughs> but never fear. 
We will be back for season 2022, as if you haven't already gathered, Bob, that little spiel, um, and probably even sooner Ooh. than that, because uh, in terms of another format of Supercoach, which I assume you're jumping on board, Liam. Yes. Otherwise, I'll be dragging you on board with me. I reckon, yeah, I've been, had my arm twisted enough, I'll do it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it is, of course, in reference to Supercoach Big Bash is back, which I will be once again uh, jumping into and donning my robes as the <laughs> Supercoach Jedi Master in introducing you, Liam, my apprentice, to the wild ride that is this particular format. Yes. Like I've said to you, it's completely different. Like, the fun part of BBL Supercoach is it's virtually like unlimited trades throughout the season. Um, and the aim of the game, or the name of the game, is to just make as much cash as you can mm. and, and trade in the guys that have bottomed out, trading out those guys, like normal, like normal AFL Supercoach, mm-hmm. trading out those guys that have maxed out in price and trying to find strategies around that to, to really get the uh, get the mantle. And um, I'm sure M would be joining us on this journey as well, yeah. as she has done in the past, unless she wants a bit of, bit of time off. Wouldn't blame her with that. But um, yeah, like I said, unlimited trades across the course of the year and you're trading like an absolute madman. Sounds so, like good fun. everything I love about Supercoach. <laughs> for I, sure. I do look forward to learning from my Jedi Master. Ah, yes. Uh, Damon. Mm, I will show you the, the force of the ways. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's Yoda. He's kind of, he's taken the um, the chair next to me instead of um, Gollum. Gollum, Gollum is, is now... Are they the same puppet? Actually, well, no, because Gollum, Gollum, we're sending Gollum along with the uh, the Supercoach Championship ring to Arthur. Gotta protect it. Yeah, gotta protect it. So I uh, gotta protect it on its journey forth and, and, and it may steal it on the way mm. as we know mm. he loves the my precious <laughs> probably should have set so. Yoda <laughs> oh, yeah we should have set Yoda that was, that was a wise one Jesus oh well yeah. damn it oh well if your ring doesn't arrive Arthur bad luck <laughs> um, but <laughs> but just in terms of the BBL super coach uh, we may release a special edition once off episode yeah. closer to the BBL season kicking off just to, I guess, pepper your ears with our dulcet tones once more. So keep an eye and an ear out for that. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to that season. And I know there's a lot of people out there that play it, probably not as much as AFL Supercoach, but join us maybe for that episode uh, when it does come out because I think we might be skewing it in a way to, because we've got you on board for the ride, Liam, yep. to give people a bit of a, bit of a look mm. into what it's like to join BBL Supercoach. Yeah, so if you, yeah, if you haven't played along before, which I most certainly have not. Uh, we'll we'll go on this journey together. It'll be a fun one. Mm, definitely. It'll be a wild, wild ride. But with that, Liam, it's the end. We've been dragging it out because we just don't want to leave. I know, I'm really sad. We don't want to leave. But again, thank you so much for your support yes. through the, the season. Um, it's It's been great. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Really good fun. And thanks to yourself, Liam. Thank you. As well. Thanks. Um, gotta, gotta thank you. For, um, you weren't expecting that, No, it wasn't. That, that really threw That's me. not on the run sheet. Oh, where's that? Nah. What run sheet? We just do this ad hoc. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoops. Uh, I, I just get fed, like, lines via an earpiece. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually uh, Franco Cozzo that's doing the whole show behind the scenes. He's the uh, the wizard. He's the puppet master. Yeah, behind the curtain. Mm. But yes, Liam, um, again, we've gone off on tangents like we always oh, yeah. do. You can tell that we've reached the yeah. end of our, our tether. But thank you so much for, for jumping on no, board you, as Dan. well. Um you know, it's it's been great in terms of starting something from scratch and 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 putting our collective minds and creative insights into into something and creating something that I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, I must likewise. say, in terms of the traction that it's got. So, thank you so much for jumping on board. And um, 
yeah, give me something to look forward to every week. No, thank you, Damon. You uh, you put together the the show. Um, it's it's no easy feat. I know that. And yeah, massive thank you. Um, and really, yeah, just appreciate the support. No worries at all, Em. We'll uh, we'll we'll catch you uh, catch you on the flip side. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next season. See you guys. still here it's over go home go